0: I'm your host bradley martin and this is clearing the way a resource for small business owners Hello, humans. Welcome back to Clearing the Way. I am your host, Bradley Martin. Uh, my goal is to be a learning resource for small business owners. Uh, I'll talk. I talk with sales and HR experts, other small business owners, and anyone else that I think can provide us with information to uh, clear your way to success. My guest today is Jordan Miller, owner of Nocturnal Addiction Bowfishing. Uh, Jordan has a bachelor's degree in occupational safety and health. He's worked in safety and compliance in the oil and gas industry for over 10 years. He began as an equipment operator and has worked his way up as high as a regional safety and compliance manager. In 2016, he opened Nocturnal Addiction Bow Fishing, a Pittsburgh area-based fishing charter. The Nocturnal Addiction fleet has grown to two 20-foot fishing boats uh, and potentially a third houseboat, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe we'll get into how that can kind of expand and all that. But uh, he is currently the bowfishing state record holder for common carp and for smallmouth buffalo. Are those still uh, good? Yeah, and we picked up Maryland as well. Oh, sweet. <laughs> okay. Um, and he's also a, uh, license, a uh, U.S. Coast Guard licensed captain, uh, Jordan. Thank you for being a guest on Clearing the Way. Uh, anything else I messed up there, or um, anything you'd like to add? No, I think you got
1: it. I okay. appreciate you having me on here.
0: Um, all right, so let's get into the. Um, let's start with school, like we normally do. Um, what kind of what kind of student were you? Uh, in, in
1: high school, uh, not not so much uh, a good student. I was actually racing horses professionally, so I didn't feel like uh, school was for me. Okay. I didn't think it was something I needed until I found my job in oil and gas, and I realized I needed a, an education to help further my career. So I actually achieved my degree online while working full-time, which was definitely rough.
0: Yeah. Uh, Damn, I forgot you were uh... – I didn't forget. I couldn't figure out where that fit in, the horse racing. Because um, there was a gap after – from what I could find. There was a gap from school to um, the first oil and gas job, at least, that I could find. Yep. So that was where the uh, horse racing came in. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, when did you When did you start that? I started racing horses when
1: I was um... – I started when I was sixteen, but I started training racehorses when I was about twelve. And okay. I, I went professional when I was eighteen and then I started transitioning out of industry when I was probably around uh about twenty two years old. I started oil and gas and I was double dipping. I was oil and gas and racing horses, which was pretty tough.
0: I, how were you doing that? Like it was a challenge. And you were doing that in high school. How okay. Okay, so in high school, were you didn't did you you didn't play any sports or anything, right?
1: I did not. Um, because I was primarily I'd work release, so I would go to different racetracks okay. and, and race. Once I turned 18, I was allowed to go to the big tracks. So once I turned 18, I was, you know, just on the road <laughs> hitting hitting these different tracks.
0: Okay. Okay. So you started that at 16. Um, damn, that's wild. So and you were training at at twelve, how did that, how did that happen? Like, well, my <laughs> my dad growing up,
1: he had forty horses, so forty horses definitely a lot of upkeep. Yeah, to keep them competitive, there's a lot of work that's involved. So I'd go to go to the racetrack with him before school, work with work with horses, <laughs> and after school, and it it, it pretty much, you know, it, it I thought it was fun, but I think it definitely helped helped me because it definitely instilled a work ethic.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something that you guys haven't struggled with. Um, Huh. Okay, so you started. (laughs) That's so wild. Um, Okay.
1: And I still still race from time to time. During COVID, I drove like Uh, 35 races. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I went down on my lunch break and drove a couple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. 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 okay do you still you don't do any training or anything like that now
1: i don't i, I rescued my old racehorse he ended up in a kill pen and okay. i rescued him this winter so i do have one horse but he's mainly just for pony rides but i'll probably get a race horse here eventually if once uh, i get some stuff off my plate
0: yeah okay huh what did you training wise like how long did you prefer one side or did you prefer uh, i don't actually know Basically, anything about that industry. (laughs) So, did you, was there a preference between the racing and the training side, or did Uh, you, is it all kind of
1: intertwined? Like, I really loved the racing part, but uh, the training part was pretty cool because you really got to know the horse. So when you raced it, you know you're a lot more familiar with the horse. The horse is a lot more familiar with you. So yeah. it's kind of like uh, you, you know the the weaknesses of the horse, and you know it's positive. So it, it I think it meshed well. I I, I really like that. I also drove for other people horses I never hopped on before. I'd go to Cleveland at night and race horses, <laughs> and it that was definitely a rush. But I, I definitely liked uh, the training aspect. Okay,
0: and did you? Just train, um, do you just train your horses or others or I just trained mine and I've worked as a trainer for my dad for other people. Okay. Okay. So, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. I know almost nothing about that industry.
1: (laughs) It's a cool industry, but unfortunately it's a, it's one of those old school dying industries. So it's, you know, it definitely has its ups and downs and all the OGs told me like, listen, you need to pursue something else. And, I. you know, some parts of me regrets it, but I'm definitely happy with the route that I've taken. Yeah. It's something I could always go back to. So that's what I like.
0: Yeah. Okay. So what, what pushed you was, you kind of just touched on it, but what pushed you to want
1: to move on from that? Um, you know, I, I started oil and gas started picking up, you know, our family farm, there was an oil and gas well, and everyone's like, you know, you should, you should try that out. And I told myself I'd try one year and just see, you know, everyone's telling me about these awesome paychecks they were getting. Yeah. I just was coming off a pretty bad injury from racing horses, so I was on the shelf for a little bit. I'm like, you know what, I, I'd like some nice, stable... Because horse racing is definitely lucrative if you're doing good. But yeah. it's like everything, it's up and down. Yeah. You bust your ankle up, you know, no money's coming in for a while. So <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I I took a gamble, went to oil and gas, and um, it was definitely... You know, I, everyone complained and said it was hard work. I'm not sure that it was hard work, but it was a lot of hours. You had yeah. to be dedicated. <laughs> yeah. And uh, back then, there wasn't days off. It was it was a hustle. And I did that for for a year, and I got promoted up to a uh, found my way in a in a safety position, which is something I never thought in the world I would be in <laughs> safety, environmental, and um, did that for a few years, and and just kept. Uh, Kept building on it, and eventually I figured I needed to get an education if I wanted to pursue anything further. So that's when I achieved my, okay. my
0: degree through
1: Eastern Iowa. Okay.
0: Um, okay. Did you know – out of school, did you know what you wanted – like out of high school, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you have any idea what you wanted to do? Oh, I was
1: going to race horses. That's, that was, that it. was
0: Yeah, that was it. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Okay, wow. So that injury, was, was that kind of – that was the catalyst for – like did that kind of open your eyes to like uh, maybe this is not quite as stable as I like. It was that it it yeah
1: definitely it. The stability was the big thing. Okay. That, as far as a good job, awesome job, great people, like I I love it. I still go in now. I'll, I'll my buddy Jason Shaw. I'll drive some horses for him. I'll go in and and ride some for him and just uh to get my fix. But
0: yeah, huh. So that's what you thought was going to be – that was it. That's what you are going to yep, do. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> Damn. Well, um, and so you find your way into oil and gas um, and then into – how did that happen? How did you get into safety? Like what what happened to cause that? I mean you've been there since. So yeah, year, was... two, year two, you're introduced to that. But how did that happen? I was just – I met the safety manager. He
1: seemed like a cool dude. And we had we had a lot of similar uh, interest, and you know I I was bow fishing at the time. I loved to bow fish and I loved to hunt. He's like, man, I want to try bow fishing. I'm like, well, we should go out sometime. So I took him out bow fishing, and then he was hiring safety guys. He's like, hey, you should put in for. Him. I'm like, man, I, that's not something I really want to do. So I put it off for a while. Then eventually uh, I put in for it and got the position and. Um, he moved on. He moved down to a position down in Texas and I took a promotion, took his spot, and then yeah, just kept kept building on it. And it's it's been pretty cool ride ever since.
0: Huh. Okay. Damn, that's wild. So you were bow fishing all the way back at that point. Yeah. That I, would have been what, like, <laughs> What would that have been? 20- 2011,
1: I believe. But mm-hmm. I, I've been bow fishing since uh, since high school. We used to we used to oh, go. Real? I thought.
0: Yeah. It, I, I thought it was way like more recent than that. Not no. I like it, in general. I thought it, it, it got, was. It
1: got you know definitely a lot. A lot bigger boats, a lot more, you know, yeah. extravagant items that we're utilizing. But, uh, you know, Evan and I, we used to bow fish Cross Creek. Uh, really? We used to walk Shartiers Creek. <laughs> no yeah,
0: okay, huh?
1: <laughs> Buddy Mike, yeah, we we uh, we used to bow fish all the time, lanterns okay. and stuff.
0: Okay, so you—that's wild. Um, hmm. Okay, so had you? Um, had you been so? Was there any interest in like in that as a career at that or as a job at that point? Cause it's, no, I, I guess it wouldn't be a career, but I, I built my boat up and it was a cool
1: setup for for friends, but. It seemed like the the better we did, more people wanted to come. They're like, "Hey, so and so wants to come." Like, man, we can only fit. It's a fourteen foot boat. Like, it's yeah. getting pretty sketchy. <laughs> yeah. We're fixing a sink. So uh, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna buy a bigger boat. So I buy a big boat, and it was a pretty cool boat. It was right during the downturn of the oil field. Everyone's like, "You're nuts! You bought that big boat." I'm yeah. like, well, I'm gonna have time to use it, so yeah. it'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I started taking people out, and they're like, "Hey, you should, you should, you know, do some charters." Like man, I, I don't know. I don't really. I don't ever see myself doing charters, and people kept telling me like, oh, I'll pay you. I'll pay you. So I, I had to look into it, and there was a whole lot of stuff that I had to do to to do charters. Yeah, and it's it was definitely a lot of expense, a lot of time. So I kind of told myself it wasn't something I was going to do. I got lucky one night, and I shot a state record uh, fish. And after that, people were calling me like, hey, take take me fishing. Hey, this oh, looks shit. cool. Will you take me fishing? So I told my wife, I'm like, hey, we, we got to do this legit. Like we got to talk to someone. So we got an attorney to run through some of the stuff, the steps I yeah. needed to get, a guide permit, captain's license, all the cool insurance. <laughs> and uh, it, it started our first year. Um, my wife actually said, which I make fun of her all the time. She said it was a stupid idea. <laughs> She's like, you, you can't start a bow fishing business in Pennsylvania. You know, it's not going to work. So um, I really wanted to prove her wrong. So I hustled, and that's normally a good motivator. <laughs> our first year, we did uh, we did around seventy trips, which is okay is for a first year charter that's that's really good especially for pennsylvania with the seasons we have and uh you know since 2016 we're up to last year we did right around 200 charters
0: wow okay that's that's pretty solid (laughs) okay okay so you okay man that's interesting um so when you uh when you decide to start this as an actual business, um, I'm imagining. So obviously, like the paperwork, like doing it legit, that's got its own issues. Did you? Were there a lot of tests actually? Did, <laughs> yes. So uh,
1: if if nobody knows the to be a licensed captain, you have to have so many hours of sea school, and then uh, you have to, you have to take three practice. You have to take three exams, and then one final exam, and. You know i was out of school for a while so to go back and and to have to do that and um, you weren't
0: a good student when you were in school <laughs> no no
1: um so i was i was nervous i took my final at pit and i thought for sure i was going to fail but um i crammed for like two days straight made flashcards. you know this was something i am passionate about so i'm like yeah. I, I have to do good so um i passed and I, I did i i got i achieved my captain's license which was which was cool i was pretty proud of it i did it uh I did it online. I didn't think it was something I was going to ever be as a licensed captain. Although my wife does not call me Captain Jordan. I tell that's her a once some official captain, that's, a- that's the only way she's allowed to refer to <laughs> me, but she, she still doesn't do it. That's a bummer.
0: Um, did you, when, at any point, did you think you were going to, um, to own a business? Like that, because I was thinking about this today where you and Preston both. Like, I guess your your dad was – he kind of had his, everything that he was into um, in both catering and obviously with the horse side. But, like, did you – was that something that, that you thought about at all or, like, where do you think that came from? No,
1: I, I don't know. I just – I thought it was cool, you know – everyone told me if you enjoy what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And that's how I felt with horse racing. So I definitely mix. I missed that. Yeah. Oil and gas is, is, you know, lucrative as it has been for me and it's been a great career. It's not something that I love. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a, tough it's to say a, you enjoy.
0: It's yeah. a job. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: there's definitely aspects I enjoy. There's a lot of aspects that I don't enjoy. So for me to go out and share my passion with people and actually be able to make a living with it you know that's that's the life that I want to live the way I look at it you only have one life so why not enjoy it so I'm trying to enjoy it
0: huh okay do you think that came like was there any piece of of that that you think you got from from your parents or Uh, like I'm it was just kind of I don't know both of you—the fact that both of you have your things that you do. Also, Preston—he was just on. That's obviously his brother. That's who I'm <laughs> referring to. But, um, but yeah, like it. I would imagine there's some, maybe not, maybe not. But I just thought there might be something that like your parents, like that mindset that that kind of carried through, or, um, or maybe not. But yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. So, so you start, uh, you start actually, um, running this as a business. Um, when you started, what kind of, other than actually becoming licensed, like actually running it, what were some of those, um, what were some of those things that, that hung you up at first? Like you already had a boat, so that's great. Yeah, Like there's not a ton of overhead, um,
1: See, see, the thing is, uh, what a lot of people don't understand is when you're utilizing a boat every single night, you're wearing a lot of stuff out, a lot of stuff that most people don't think about. I know I didn't think about it. Yeah. So right now I have to do oil changes every 10 days. Oh wow! So you know that 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 adds up with how many hours. Okay,
0: and you didn't know that going in. No, no. Okay, okay. So how quickly did you learn that? (laughs) I
1: I I learned it, and the the (laughs) thing is, like, when something breaks, especially marine here in Pennsylvania, you know, we don't have a whole lot of like marine repair shops. We have some great shops, but if you go to any marine shop and say, "Hey, I need my boat motor worked on," they're gonna be like, "Cool." See you in 90 days, and if you're running a charter, Uh, that's half of your season, yeah. So, I went through YouTube University to to learn how to do a lot of stuff. Not saying I'm a mechanic by any means, but yeah, I'm rebuilding lower ends, I got an aluminum welder, I'm welding boats, Uh, I'm fabricating my own stuff, I do my (laughs) own upholstery, I do all kinds of stuff that I never thought in a million years I would do.
0: Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That. Um. That seems like something that would be a little bit of a sh- so. Like, how quickly do you think? Like a lot of that, I'm sure. You learned over time because you weren't super. Well, were you super busy at first? Like, you know were you booking I, trips does. like
1: crazy? In enduring all this, yeah, I still have daytime jobs. So. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I wanted to
0: get to. <laughs> so but,
1: that's yeah, that's the. <laughs> But it's not like anybody told me that, like, hey, there's all this other stuff that you have to look at. Like, the way I look at it, it looked like an iceberg. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I got the boat. I could just take people fishing. Like, this is cool. Well, under that icebergs, all the arrows that you're going to break at $40 an arrow, all the equipment people are going to drop, $700 bow in the water, and you're going to lose it, stuff like that. How
0: do you how do you handle that stuff? Um, and I'm sure that's changed over, the, like, over your time. But is that just a... Like, yeah. Just how do you handle that? Because I'm sure there's going to be stuff that clients break. Yeah, you know I've been always pretty whatever, lax and but, I just
1: kind of ate it, but unfortunately, um, with this day and age, uh, I can't I can't eat a lot of that because you know with inflation, it's it's a struggle. These fuel yeah. prices are are tough for me. I'm spending. Um, you know, it, we had a cold night. On, on an average night, I'm using at least twelve gallons of fuel a night, just in my boat, not counting my truck. Yeah, and that's per boat. Well, the other night I was, uh, it was a cold front, so I had to run run pretty far. I ran probably fifty miles that night. So I was, I went through, you know, right around twenty gallons of fuel that night. So that's that's pretty expensive. You figure out how yeah. much twenty gallons of fuel cost right now. Yeah, but on the water price in Pittsburgh is right around seven dollars a gallon. Oh. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's oh, it's no. not not a fun time to be putting a lot yeah. of fuel in yeah that's not fun so do you with equipment like is it just in like that's kind of what it, the insurance like how do you how do you handle that so or lost <coughs> equipment or broken or
1: right now all of our customers sign a waiver and and through that waiver you know they're responsible if, okay. if they they lose you know arrows and stuff like that you know uh that's basically consumable good for me the yeah. way i look at it um that they are expensive, and but I do expect to lose some from time to time, so yeah. I factor that in. The bows, I rather not. Right now, just a just a bow fishing reel. You know, everyone thinks like, oh, you know, that stuff's probably cheap. It just my reels are three hundred seventy five dollars <laughs> a reel.
0: Have you had have you had a lot of issues with that, or is it kind of like, yeah, have you had a lot of issues with with that, or not really? Uh, just like broken equipment uh, from either negligence or.
1: You know the my equipment that I use is pretty top of the line, so it's it can take a beating. So I, yeah. I really don't have too many issues with breaking equipment. As far as losing, um, I did lose two bows last year, and I lost one this year. So you're looking about seven hundred and fifty dollars a bow. That setup. sucks. Yeah. What? A,
0: early on, did you have any? Early any on, issues? I did. I guess because you were probably with friends. Well, friends is a weird one though, because I feel like they kind of treat your stuff worse than <laughs> yeah, like probably <laughs> like clients do. Um okay so so that's something that you learned relatively quickly. Yes. Um yeah. how were you was it all word of mouth at the beginning? It was all word of mouth
1: and it it kind of spread pretty pretty quick. Um I then I you know built the Facebook page, did some advertising on Facebook. Um I I made a good friend who I'm sponsored currently by is the Archer's Edge archery shop and he he started his archery shop you know, several years before I started the charter business, but his archery shop is, you know, really took off and he helped me build what I have now. He, you know, he helped me advertise in his shop, sent Mm. a bunch of people my way. And, uh, you know, a lot of my clientele that I have now, a lot of my regulars are, you know, folks from his shop. Okay. So that was a pretty,
0: how early on did you make that connection?
1: It was probably my first year just after about a year. Uh, of chartering uh, my buddy's like hey i need to put you in touch with steve he owns the archer's edge he's a good dude and went in there and hit it off and now me and steve are really good buddies we you know we're always huh. picking on each other but he's a, another small business owner that you know he and i look to him for a lot of advice because you know he's our industry, there's not a whole lot of people that you can go to and talk yeah. about our industry and different things. So he's helped me build, um, you know, sponsorships and stuff like that. I really, you know, I used to bass fish as a kid, so I knew there were sponsorships out there. Yeah, I didn't know how that stuff worked. So he kind of helped me with uh, navigating through some of the companies with some of his contacts and helped me get uh, some different material, different equipment. Helped me, I tested some stuff for some companies, so it was, it was pretty <laughs> cool.
0: How do, how do those sponsorships work for, like, on the business side of it? Because I feel like it kind of makes sense, at least thinking about, like, athletes, if you want to say. I mean, obviously we're talking about fishing, so it feels kind of weird to call that an app. Yeah. Uh, athletes. Uh, you but know, for, for businesses, is it different? or? So, so some people,
1: you'll see people that, that post their stuff all over their trucks, you know, different yeah. companies and stuff. And that's not the route that I ever wanted to go. Um, I I do you know I have the Archer's Edge on my stuff and I have a couple other companies that I'm currently working with, but those are companies that I believe in. Mm-hmm. You know I I am not going to put someone's you know someone's name all over my stuff or all over my boat if, if I haven't used their stuff and don't believe in their stuff. So I, I I have trialed some companies in the past that wanted to give me awesome lucrative sponsorship deals but their products just weren't working for me they're breaking and if i'm gonna put my name behind something i want it to be good quality so right now i I utilize interlock broadheads they're american made they're really tough and stout arrows they're not the cheapest by any
0: means but they work well for me so with those sponsorships are you um and we don't have to to cover f- if you don't want, but is that a, like a discounted, re- like what's, how do those relationships work? I so, guess that's a better way to look at it.
1: So some of the, the different contracts, um, a lot of times since I use so much material, I usually go with a discount. You know, okay. s- some, some people you'll, you'll get money for advertising. Okay. Uh, I, I like to take that in products. You know, yeah. if it's, uh, you know, a couple dozen arrows here and then, you know, a discount for the rest um, or, you know, a special discount across the board on stuff. Um, you know, luckily, I'm, I'm really blessed with working with Steve for the Archer's Edge because he works with every brand there is. Yeah. So I don't actually have to work directly with the company and do all that work. Yeah. And I could just work with Steve and he's kind of basically my middleman to, to a lot of companies. He, yeah. He's my go to. I get all my bows. He tunes all my stuff, gets me all set up.
0: Okay, that's nice. Um okay. So you kind of touched on this earlier. This is going to be a little little random, but y- your full-time job is oil and gas, which is like you also mentioned it's a job that requires a lot of hours, maybe not as many now? Yes. Um definitely not as many now, but early on like how in the world were you managing? I guess so. When you started, you said at that point, off days were kind of non-existent. Yep. Um, were you doing this at that point? Were you bow fishing at that point as a as a business or as like taking people out? I didn't
1: start going as a business until I basically had a solid Monday through Friday, and okay, then I was just going helpful. on the weekends. Okay. Okay. Now I'm seven days a week.
0: Yeah, how's that? How do you manage the scheduling of all that? Like, I know how, like, you've got the scheduling through your site, but that seems like a nightmare. Like, that seems very difficult to to manage.
1: It was, but... Um. So I I I think from a young age I've always been instilled with a work ethic, and I feel like a lot of times, if if you sleep in, you're you're wasting time. You that's time. You that's productive time. Yeah. You're not getting back. Yeah. So yeah. I uh, with with doing this at night. I've kind of trained myself where I, I only really need three to four hours a night to sleep. <laughs> okay. So oh. it's it's actually pretty cool, um, and, I, and I function just fine. Like I, d- I did a charter uh, last just night. just fine. Did- <laughs> well, you can debate, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah. it, it took me a while to get to that, and, and as I started getting... You know, uh, it busier it was taking a toll on me. I was getting uh, definitely consuming a lot of energy drinks. And was, <laughs> I even went to a point where you ever see those shock bracelets yet? Yeah, yeah, I have one of those. Okay, and it'll light you up. Like you have so you have to put a like an eight digit code in. Um, when your alarm goes <laughs> off, and if you mess the code up, like it'll shock you, and
0: your okay. phone goes flinging across the room. So a little background, obviously, what. I guess we haven't actually covered, but it's probably pretty clear. The bow fishing trips are all at night.
1: Yes. Yep. Five you, hour trips.
0: Yeah. So starting generally at like dusk. Yeah.
1: Like tonight, I'll start at eight thirty. Um. The the cool thing now is. I actually bought... uh, I have a houseboat that I I live on (laughs) on the weekends, (laughs) some nights if I'm tired, uh, and and I keep my boats in the city, so I get done with my trip, I throw the fish on ice, roll over, and I go to bed or catfish or do whatever, (laughs) and then wake up in the morning and head to my office and and take care of my business.
0: Okay. Um,
1: Huh. But I I, (laughs) I have hired people, so I'm thinking here in the next year I'm not going to have to work seven days a week, but... We'll see. I probably still will.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you'll just get another boat to fill that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, okay, so that obviously, I mean, that that seems like its own challenge that's just a you got to get used to it or you can't do it. Like yeah, yeah. either get used to it or pick something else to do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it has to be at night. Well, does it have to be at night? Or is, can you do it during it does, the day? It's just it is not, not as- like you can do it during the day. Um it is uh it's, it's not
1: as it's not as easy during the day. It's a little bit harder to see. So, it's a little bit of a struggle.
0: Okay. We uh,
1: have we, we did a youth event this year. We did our. I was going to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I think I have the shirt on. Yeah, we had the first annual uh, youth youth event that we did in memory of my son that passed away last year. So we um, we took forty kids bow fishing at Pimatuning. You know, obviously it was free. Preston, uh, you know, he had to work, but Pam was uh, flinging some burgers there for yeah. With their his Heard special season, there was a little seasoning. bit of an issue with
0: the grill after that. But. Yeah,
1: yeah, we might have lost the, his grill <laughs> on the highway on the way home. So, but he. uh it, it, was, it was awesome. We we had a lot of... I had my sponsors donate bows. That's cool. Uh, we had like... Um, we had 10 big prizes from bow fishing trips, smallmouth bass fishing trips with my dad. Um, we donated... We had two bows, um, a, a bunch of... An air gun, bunch of different prize packages. And what we did is my buddy Jeremiah from Boondock Outdoors, he makes carp targets. And we put numbers for those prizes. And we hid the, the carp targets out on the lake. So if the kids cool. shot the target... They didn't know what they had until yeah. we had the little award ceremony, and then they found out they got a brand new bow. So that's cool. it was it was pretty cool. We killed like thirty five fish, with forty kids, and you know they got to take okay. home prizes. So that's cool. It was it was fun. Honestly, it was probably one of the most fun days I've had on the water. It was it was pretty cool. It rained. It was windy. The weather was rough, but the kids were having so much fun, and it was just cool watching them light up,
0: slinging arrows. Where did you? How did you? Um, I. Was, Running events for kids seems like its own, (laughs) like, um, I I mean, its own challenge. Like, what type of, how did you advertise for that? You know what? Like, how did you get people? I just posted
1: some flyers, um, Creek Archery, Archer's Edge, and I put it on my Facebook page. And we were booked up to 40 kids, like, instantly. Like, it was really fast. And I felt bad because I probably had 100 people call me. And I just, wow. we didn't have room. Well, I, unfortunately, unfortunately it, at this point, I can't take a hundred kids fishing at one yeah. time. I would love to. And so huh. next year we're going to try to build it. I'm going to try to get some more volunteers. Yeah. And see if we can't build it even bigger.
0: Yeah. I'm sure there's some stuff like, w- what all did you do actually? What all did you have them? So you mentioned the, like the hidden fish, but like, what else did you, did you do like training or anything yeah like? so we
1: did a seminar so a uh, bunch of my awesome buddies that have boats some not even bow fishing boats some pontoon boats uh-huh. fishing boats uh, that's why we went during the day it's a little yeah. more easier if you don't have all the lights and generators yeah. if you're going during the day yeah so we picked the door in the spawn that's when all the fish would be up really shallow it'd be easy to see them um, so we went through all the equipment Um, showed all the kids how to utilize the equipment and then took them out for fishing for about four or five hours. We took them out. Okay. We're hoping to get everybody some shots. Some boats did better than others. My boat, luckily we found a lot of fish. Um, my, my dad's boat, they found a ton of fish in real shallow. So they had some little kids, um, spearing fish. They're throwing spears. We had
0: crossbows,
1: (laughs) We had all kinds of stuff for them. Um, but it was, it was definitely a really
0: fun event. That's cool. That's cool. Um, Yeah, and I'm sure – I mean now that you know, it's such a – like to have that many people and to fill up that quickly, like that's good for next year. Yeah, it is. Hopefully we get some more volunteers and – Yeah, just figure out how to include – like even include some more things on land. If you only have so many boats, like you only have so many boats, but – It was cool because I I modeled
1: it off of some – there is uh there's some companies out west that have been doing it for probably like three years. And I modeled theirs. Um and I saw their pictures and they had like 17 kids. I'm like, oh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. And I posted it and I, it started like filling up really quick. I'm like, man, this <laughs> this event's fixing to be bigger than anything anyone's ever put on. So yeah. I'm not sure what the biggest youth event has been in bow fishing, but I'm pretty sure we're You're pretty close, close to it. Yeah. Huh.
0: So when when did you do that? What a, uh, we did it um like month, th- wa- last month. Okay. Okay. So um hmm. is that something you want to do more of? Like because that, that feels like a a good way to um a good I mean it's a good way to obviously to introduce kids to it, yeah. but it's also a nice like it's just a good family event. Yeah. Um because you can bring out, you know, parents and everyone can kind of enjoy the the nice weather and and probably in a lot of cases a new crazy hot like this wild new hobby it's like what do we do we're shooting bows into the water this is wild um but is that something you guys are going to do more of or what do you
1: i've been doing bow fishing seminars off and on for a while with the target tank like bass Pro shops and stuff like that um unfortunately with how much i work it's really hindered how much i can do that but the the youth event, I want that to be an annual thing that mm-hmm. we're going to do every year. We also have some other things that I'm I'm going to be doing. Uh, my wife gets so mad because I come up with these ideas, and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You don't have any time. <laughs> if you don't sleep. What yeah. are you thinking? But we, uh, I have three hours again. Yeah, I got yeah. three hours. <laughs> yeah. So I'm actually uh, my uncle. He used to love the fish, and unfortunately, he passed away, and he's you know he spent his last uh, last few months in a nursing home. And I saw a thing where. They were taking fish to nursing home, like like let the nursing home folks like catch for cat like catch catfish <laughs> on rod and reel. I'm like, man, that's cool. So I emailed <laughs> this lady.
0: Be, okay, that <laughs> so sounds so I, <laughs> wild. I emailed this lady. I'm
1: like, hey, uh, they had a catfish farm. Like, hey, I'd like to buy like 30 catfish. And she's like, yeah, cool. So. I have it all set up, and I'm I'm working with a nursing home here. I'm I'm fixing to do it. We're gonna to try to do it once it cools down. We don't want it to be too hot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's gonna be something I'm gonna do in the fall. Is I'm gonna take some catfish to uh, that nursing home just in the memory of him, and just take some old folks catfish. <laughs> <My> wife's <laughs> like, you're nuts. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that'll
0: be a good one. Yeah, that's cool. Um, stuff
1: like that's fun to me. I like yeah. I like doing stuff like that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um. Okay. So. Back to the like the businessy stuff. So um do you see a bunch of old people just <laughs> catching uh, that'll be that'll be a fun one. Um okay, so early on you've got some of those um those like unforeseen issues. Since then, I imagine I <sighs> Anything that's hunting or anything like that has its own, obviously, like, we don't have to get into too in-depth on it. But, like, there's some issues that are going to come up with w- whatever you want to call that, like, protesting or <laughs> what, Yeah. Yeah. Whatever <laughs> you want to call that. Yeah. Um, How—I I know that that stuff has happened. Yeah. But, like, how do you manage that? That seems like something that is – you can either just like stick your head in the sand and just say like, hey, I'm just not going to pay any attention to this or maybe there's something you can do. Like how do you handle anything like that and I'm assuming there's – something to be gained from that like something to be pulled
1: yeah you know it's unfortunately if, if you're doing anything out there there's going to be haters
0: yeah and uh you know I, I
1: definitely i respect everyone's views i understand everyone has different views i don't agree with everyone's views everyone doesn't but that's a cool thing it's america yeah <laughs> yeah i have to agree yeah. yeah um so you know yes you know i i have got slack over the years for for shooting fish uh because pennsylvania once once you do shoot a fish it's not permitted for you to put it back in the water so that fish is dead yeah the fish we target are mainly carp suckers and very seldom catfish um carp are actually an invasive species you know they they are actually not supposed to be here i could get into the whole um ecosystem how they're they're not supposed to be here and how they, they do cause harm to our waterways um but, you know, they, they have been in there for so long, you know, it's they're not something that I think should be eradicated. Yeah. There's other countries, yeah. you know, putting chemicals in the water to try to eradicate them because yeah, they are awesome. harmful. Um, but they, you know, these are fish that populate very heavily. So when, when a carp holds eggs, they, they hold right around one to two million eggs. So they can really oh reproduce. And, and they get large pretty fast. So it's not something that I'm ever going to... You know, eradicate uh, yeah. all the yeah. fish out of our area. Yeah, it, th- these these fish are are very very well populated within our waterways. Um, but yes, unfortunately, some people you know do not like me harvesting them. I, I do try to put them to good use as much as I can. I I have several um, animal sanctuaries that were taking fish. Unfortunately, another thing I learned in business, I thought it was cool to advertise where I was donating my fish to. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, didn't dawn on me that like there's anti people out there that are going to harass these companies uh, for accepting that, my
0: fish. So, <sighs> so that's such learned a bummer. that one. Learned that one the hard way. But uh, that's such a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. did that put a stop to some of those relationships? It, unfortunately, uh, it did. But we we still have that a few. sucks for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they're getting free food, free. like yeah, free donation. food for free. for yeah. the animals. That we're all trying. Um, that's <laughs> that we're being so- rehabilitated.
1: Yeah. So we that still sucks. we still donate fish to some some of those places. We also have um, some farmers are taking them for fertilizer. Fish is the best fertilizer you can use. That's what the Indians used to use. Um, it's it's very very good for fertilizer. So I have a lot of buddies at deer hunt <laughs> put food plots in. We we use some for that. Um, but right now this time of the year, you know, catfishing is really popular within our area. So there's a ton of catfishermen. There's a lot of tournaments going around. So. Uh, During COVID, I don't know what it was, but everyone was struggling getting bait. No one could get bait. They they like to use cut bait, which is big suckers, Um, and I had a ton of them. So I've been, I have two freezers in my house full of them, (laughs) and I just uh, the guys call me up, I leave them in my truck, and they take them. And you know, it's all donation. It's illegal in Pennsylvania for me to sell fish currently. I'm trying to get a commercial license so I can sell cut bait, but uh, that's that's another business venture that we're we're trying to work through and. Eventually, I would like to even start up potentially a fish fertilizer business. Yeah, that's something some huh. other states have been doing, and it's kind of taken off.
0: Yeah, huh? But
1: as as far as you know, I I'm unfortunately you know I it just, just kind of brush off the hate. Yeah, mail. it doesn't
0: feel like there's a great way to handle it other than just like yeah, we're gonna keep on doing it. Like we'll adjust yep. and just yeah. keep on. I've had my truck
1: vandalized. I've had, oh. you know, pictures of me and my family put on online that they're going to, you know, do harm to us. I've even had death threats on my dogs, That's, my two Dalmatians. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that you guys sense. love animals so much, but you want to kill my dogs. So
0: That's a bummer. Um, okay. So we've gone through some of the... Um, and some
1: people eat the carp. Like my brother loves to eat carp. <laughs> you don't have to ask him about it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) so, okay. Um, all right. So we've gone through that, that piece. That was one that I didn't know if you had a, any like real pro like solutions to, which is just like, you just kind of, yeah, (laughs) I keep doing it. Whatever I'm doing is we just disagree. Um, Okay, so uh, we've gone through the your work. Um, what kind of uh, I saw on on your site about anybody who appears to be intoxicated <laughs> the the fact that you're a a nighttime thing that is kind of advertised for bachelor parties or um, just a fun it's a fun time. Yep. It is a fun time. What? How, so how? quickly did you figure out? We we got to crack down on this. Um, and did you ever have any any real issues with that? I've had a few issues, um, but
1: luckily I did my research before I made my waivers and okay. went with talked to. How a couple- quickly
0: did you make your waivers? Was uh, that
1: immediate? That was immediate. Yeah, okay. that's a requirement through the insurance company. Okay. So I, I just kind of, when I was building my waivers, I talked to some other people that had fishing charters. Uh, obviously, weren't bow fishing, but I was just talking to them, some of their insight, and I saw that was popping up on a lot of the different uh-huh. waivers. And then I, I did my research online, just clicking on different charters to see if I could get to their waivers. And, yeah. And and, read and and I'm like, man, so okay, this is something I need to be aware of. And for the most part... um. You know, at first I didn't allow alcohol. Um, It was just I was a hard no on alcohol. And then uh, I have since lightened up and I do allow them to have drinks on the boat. Um, But I I have to do my diligence as well and just make sure I'm monitoring people pretty much. I'm not serving them alcohol out there, but I have to act as the bartender. If I feel like they're too drunk to have, you know, Mm. they have to sit down. Um, I've had a few people where I made sit down. I'm like, Hey, you're gonna put the boat down. You're gonna sit down for a while, have water and cool, cool it a little bit. Um, but you know, we, that's something that I preach to my captains as well. And we, we really haven't had too many issues. We've had a lot of great people. You know, we've been really blessed with the the clientele that we've had. A, A lot of our, a lot of our clientele are regulars. You know, I have companies that, that, uh, that book me, you know, 15 times a year. And I have, you know, my buddy Dale. He books with me every other week. (laughs) He's out there every other week with his crew. So that's cool.
0: Um, Have you? uh, Huh? Is I know you do a lot of trade shows. Like, how percentage wise? Obviously, I'm sure you don't know off the top of your head, but percentage wise, do you do you get a lot of repeat or? I I do get a lot of
1: repeats, and my wife has been telling me for years to stop the trade shows because they're expensive. Yeah. I do the Harrisburg show, the Great American Outdoor Show, which is the biggest outdoor show, which is crazy because it's in Harrisburg. You wouldn't think that's the biggest outdoor show. It's a weird place for that. It, uh, you know, it costs a lot of money. I think a booth is like $1,800. Then you have, it's nine day show. You have all your expenses out there. You have your hotel. Yeah. And you're talking to, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are coming by. So it, it'll wear you out. Yeah. And I was already booking up, but I knew I wanted to expand, get this other boat running. And uh, so I just continued to push with it. Luckily, I brought Austin on this year and he loves to talk to people. And he That's is nice. really excited about talking to people. Unfortunately, I get burnt out at the shows. Yeah. So, you know, after a day, I just find myself just kind of sitting there playing on my phone, which is not not what you want to do no, when you're running a business. No, not when you, you're spending $1,800 yeah, to be you, there. You want to be out to there you know, yeah. talking to people. And, you know, I, I, I like consciously knew I was doing it, but I'm like, I'm just – just over people over it. Yeah. yeah so i i have austin doing a lot of my shows for me and it's it's ridiculous how much i noticed this year he he he's definitely he loves to talk to people and he talked to everyone that went by i mean he this dude did not let someone walk by my booth i'll be like hey you know about bow fishing? did hey, you see you ever a, bow an increase in crazy amount really oh crazy amount. i bet you i was booking maybe, maybe. You know, and, and it's tough because i of have repeats come there. But yeah. I'd book, you know, 20 to 30 uh, at the show. Uh-huh. I, I feel at the show. Um, this year I booked like 70. Oh, wow. So okay. he, he definitely he, – he did a terrific job. And and I do know there's probably some other factors in yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. that was the biggest takeaway. So I think like if you're going to do those shows – and I see it all the time. I go to a lot of these shows and some of them are three-day shows. Three-day shows I can handle. But a nine-day show is long. But some That's of these long. companies you know, will send representation for them at these shows and those people aren't as invested it's not their company yeah so they're not as passionate about it so they'll just sit there they won't engage people they'll look down play on their phone so people keep walking and and i see clearly it doesn't
0: matter if they are engaged (laughs) or like if they do have as much involved because you yeah true you you were the owner and you were still doing it but i i noticed i see
1: companies failing at these outdoor shows and i and and i'm sure that transfers into other business as well but yeah. you really have to make sure that you're out there and being you know you're you're engaging your your customers that are walking by you if, yeah. if you're not you're just you're wasting your money at those shows
0: yeah damn that's so wa- so that much of a i'm assuming even if you don't have him it's like oh, we are either going to do these shows with somebody else that's just like him or we're just not going to do them cuz it's kind of a waste yeah
1: yeah
0: um Hmm. I do like Go oh, Note because I do
1: see some of my out town folks. I have yeah. people coming in from all over, so uh, a lot of people come up to, from Virginia and Maryland and okay. New York, Canada to that show. So I get to to see them out there.
0: Have you have you had trouble finding people to
1: work? Yes. So that is the hang up for me is I can't just hire somebody. Yeah. You know these you you obviously you have to know how to drive a boat. Uh, Bow fishing—you're in really, really shallow water. You have to know how to shoot a bow. You have to know how to teach people to shoot a bow. You have to know how to look for different species and tell people species you can't shoot, can't shoot. And plus, you have to have a captain's license. So (laughs) I would hire you right now. Say, hey, you know what? You're hired. I would not get to have you take charters this year.
0: How long? Like when? How long from the time you bring somebody on? Is
1: not he's not taking charters yet. He sent in for his U.S. Coast Guard captain's license. He passed everything 45 days ago, and we are still waiting. Okay. Current wait time right now is anywhere from 60 to 90 days. Okay. And during COVID, Rich was was laid off, so he was going to captain school, finished it all. He went to take his final exam, and uh, the school shut down for COVID-19. So he was laid off but he didn't have a captain's license, so he couldn't run my other boat. I begged and pleaded with everyone trying to get him in. And unfortunately, this was in February. I didn't get him in until August. He didn't get his license till December. So I ate an entire year of one boat. It sat in the garage, didn't run one time. Wow. Huh.
0: So how – man, that's so crazy. So and are they – so, uh, are you looking for people that have? Obviously, I'm sure it's preferred, but it's going to be very difficult to find somebody that actually has <laughs> yeah, yeah. all of those things. Like, how are you looking for those people? You know,
1: first I advertised and I interviewed people, and then I, I I've interviewed a lot of people for oil and gas. Yeah, and I, I've been in. But this, you know, this business, is my baby. I wanted to really succeed, so I have to know yeah. that I trust somebody. So I had a hard time letting people come work for me yeah just with you know i i need to know they're invested so one thing that i've started doing is just looking at some of my customers you know i get some customers that have been coming out with me for a long time they know the ropes they they know it and so that's austin he was a customer of mine that's a good idea yeah so that's that's what i've been going to and um yeah i I think he's going to work out good for me but it's so far there's there's three of us and then my dad's part-time Yeah, he fills in as needed
0: yeah Damn, that's a good idea. Did you see that elsewhere? Or was that just something that was like, oh, wait, all these people are here? Or like, how did that, how did you come up with that as Uh,
1: an approach? It just kind of. He, he mentioned it one time i think jokingly like hey i'd like to come work for you sometime and you're like hey hey let's <laughs> let's
0: do it <laughs> how about tomorrow
1: yeah. <laughs> i actually have another kid that i can't wait to hire him he's only 16 right now but when this dude turns 18 like he's got a job with me this kid's been boofishing with me since he's like 11 so it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool like just to that's watch him cool. transition and he's really you know good at the sport so
0: yeah that's cool so from start from the time that you that's a lot to invest in somebody. Yes. Before you even know if they can, like yeah. you're looking <laughs> probably $1,800 and two to three months before you can even start to yep. see any of that being recouped. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's interesting. Um, Hmm. That's kind of crazy. So, man that's a lot
1: yeah
0: <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> That's
1: of, that's been the biggest challenge because i could have uh i could be doing a lot more charters than what i yeah. am doing but
0: well it's it's a lot of co- like the time and the cost associated with it like you've got to have that start i guess if you know you know you need somebody yep. like you just, just start you, earlier but
1: and, and you got to think i uh our season is only so long here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and there's only so many nights that it's not going to rain, and the water has to be clear. So yeah. if it rains, I had a week this. I had a week <laughs> and a half that I lost this year because the the rivers were too muddy, so I had to reschedule. So, you know, how do you really
0: dictate it on the weather as well? Yeah, the rescheduling. How do you? That's something I hadn't even thought about, actually. The weather seems like a very difficult challenge. (laughs) Um, Especially given all of the things that you just went through. Like, clear water, decent, I guess temperature isn't as big of a deal, but all of the other things. Like, rescheduling, if you're already booked up, how are you...
1: I have to do uh, a lot of refunding. Oh, that sucks. Which which is tough. So I have to you know make sure I'm budgeting for that. Yeah. And then you know sometimes I push off till next year. Um, you know I, I do get some customers that are bummed out when I reschedule. Them, yeah. But I I offer bow fishing charters. I don't offer you know boat rides. Yeah. So I want to I yeah. want to make sure that my customers are having a good time. Yeah. If I feel like we can't see fish, I'm not going to take customers out. Yeah, there. Yeah. Because then
0: you've just got a bad experience. Yep. Um and. It's probably not the greatest conditions, anyways. Nope. So now it's bad what's experience it? <laughs> with bow fishing and in the rain or in the whatever. So yep. it's like, okay, well, this is just an awful. <laughs> like, this is just an awful time for everybody. Um, so just refunds and reschedules. Yep. that sucks. That sucks. Um, any other like major? It feels like the equipment cost those are the like the thing that popped up that were the biggest is that is that the biggest challenge you deal with uh
1: yeah you know keeping these boats so i had a boat motor when we first started running two boats I had a boat motor blow up and that boat motor blowing up it was it's a 15,000 dollars motor so it cost me 15,000 okay. to get a new one
0: that's nice yeah and that's you nice. know i just put up that's a couple trips
1: yeah uh, right now i was I did $30,000 in upgrades to the current
0: boat that I'm running now, this winter. How, when you're making those types of decisions, how are you, like, how do you justify that? Like, do those, do those increase the, the, the customer experience? Or uh, you know, I, I like want- how does it? Because I'm a gear guy. I yeah. love gear. So anytime yeah. I I can find a reason to upgrade my camera gear or something, yes. it's like, oh, this is definitely worth it. And for a while, I had to kind of stop and be like, oh, wait a second. Okay, I really want this new camera, but does it actually? Is the end user ever going to notice it? Yeah. No. Okay. Not right now. Then. Like, how are you? How do you work through that? Because that, like. Camera equipment is all expensive, but it's not a boat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not, yeah. uh, it's not a boat. I, I think I have
1: everything how I want it now, so I uh, don't think I'm going to do, do <laughs> any now. change. For now. But I did make a big change, and I put a surface drive mud motor, like on swamp people on my boat. Okay, And I was just, does it help my customers get more fish? Uh, maybe some circumstances <laughs> but the way i looked at it is it helps me get through mud when, when when our mud here it does help me but um when i go to louisiana when i go down to texas because i like to go down there yeah. and i shoot the world championship and to be competitive in the world championship okay. i need to have you know top of the line yeah i need to be able to fish fast i need to be able to be efficient. Okay. So. That's how I justify it. Cause that makes more sense. You know, I don't know if kind of like an ego thing. I want to win a world championship. Yeah. No one from Pennsylvania's ever done it. I want to do it. Um, it's definitely, definitely a struggle, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to get there one day.
0: Yeah. I, that makes sense. That's, um, that feels like a good way to justify it. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, anything, uh, anything else like, uh, that, that comes to mind as a um, we kind of covered all of the the biggest things that I wanted to touch on um, any other challenges or struggles that have come up that you didn't see as uh, yeah that you didn't expect or or anything like that any anything that you would have done differently it since opening
1: um, you know one, one thing is, Obviously, I, I see businesses and how different political environments can dictate them mm-hmm. up and down, like oil and gas. Mm-hmm. You know how that's – I never thought that was something with my fishing industry. But that that is something that has really been coming into play. Um, really? Yeah. Unfortunately, someone bowfished in front of someone's house in Harrisburg that is friends with a politician and they is, disturbed ugh. them. So – they actually tried mm. to push through some regulations to outlaw uh, generators on boats and bow fishing on banks, which uh. is what I do, which essentially shot shut my business down. Yeah. We have since worked with the Harrisburg and Pennsylvania Fish Commission to you know, get some of those reduced. But there is some new regulations coming out because of oh, that. Oh, wow. So that was eye-opening guess- for me to see how like – one thing like that politically can yeah. dictate; it could shut my business down. Yeah. yeah, and Harrisburg's not even close to here. But <laughs> yeah. something like that yeah. could could hurt. So you know, as a business owner, that was something that you know I, I, I did not ever foresee. And that's that not there really could something you can plan for. Regulation changes that could you know eliminate your business. So that yeah. was that was rough.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's, you can't even prepare, like, no. you can't even prepare for that. It's yeah. just like, okay, I guess if this ever happened, I, first of all, now I know that this can happen. And if it does, I guess I just yeah. got to wait and see what they say and then try to adjust. Yep. Like I,
1: I go to all the meetings and voice my concerns and... <laughs> Fill out their public comment, which unfortunately is I feel all I can do. I've contacted yeah. all of our state reps, but when you call a state rep I'm like, hey, I'm a <laughs> guy that has a bowfish and Charter business, they're trying to shut me down, like, oh okay, cool, get a different job. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I haven't got a whole lot of uh Not a lot help of support. on that. Yeah. On that sense, but hey, I'm gonna keep keep fighting yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh
0: wow. Uh, were you able to were you able to work during COVID? <laughs>
1: I, so COVID, my phone was ringing off the hook. I'm it was sure. cool. Everyone wanted to go fishing, and I was allowed to fish. And then, for some whatever reason, fishing charters got roped into the businesses that got shut down. Not really sure because it's not like a hmm. when you think Pennsylvania fishing charters and there's it's not a whole lot. You know, you have Lake Erie for the walleye, but you don't have a whole lot of yeah fishing charters. So I'm not really sure why that got huh. singled out, but that shut me down for about a month. Okay. Uh, and then not... when it opened back up, yeah, I was only allowed two people on my boat, which I usually do five to six. So that, okay. you know, that's... you have two people splitting the price because my price is per boat yeah. rather than per person. Yeah. So that's, that was an adjustment. That that hurt us pretty good. Unfortunately, the small business loans and stuff, they're all dried up by the time I got yeah. to put in for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Anything else, anything else, anything you would do differently from the beginning or any like eye-opening other – I mean obviously the, the political thing. That's kind of a
1: – that no, sucks. I, I, I want to keep building on it. Um, I, I like the way I learned. That's – I'm kind of the type of person I have to learn hands-on. Yeah. You know, some people could probably told me some of these things and you I wouldn't probably listen. wouldn't listen yeah. until I dealt with it firsthand. Yeah. Now that I'm getting a little older, I'm starting to, you know, when I talk to some of my friends that own businesses and they, they give me, I value their opinions and, you know, like Steve from the Archer's Edge, I call him all the time and he gives me feedback and he shoots me straight on stuff. But w- we have some other business ventures that we're going to look into expanding and yeah. hopefully make this, uh. Kind of build this brand that we built so far. Yeah, you know, there's we're we're looking for the winners. We're probably going to expand and go down to South Florida for for the winners and do some chartering down there. Um, That'll be
0: interesting. Yeah, how is, is. is it regulated through? Like, is there anything special you have to get to operate in a different state? I do. I have to get the, my charter permits for for that state. Okay. Um, my
1: Coast Guard license is good for for the United States, so okay. that covers us there. But um, I was just kind of looking. You know, I, I I love being on the water. I, if I could be on the water right now, I'd be on the water right now. I'm gonna be on the water here in probably an hour. Yeah. So, but I I uh, I really really enjoy it. So. You know the fact that I don't want to move from Pennsylvania because I do like Pennsylvania, but I don't like the cold anymore. So yeah. I, I want to be on my boat in the wintertime. So expand into Florida for the winter is is, is that my ticket to
0: paradise. Can you keep the same boat? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you said you're using it for Louisiana and for Texas already. Yep. so
1: Yep. So we're gonna we're we're gonna take one boat down this year, and we're gonna do. It's not gonna be. Uh, you know, it's not going to be by any means we're not going to do a ton of charters we're just going to feel it out, do a lot of fishing yeah. down there go down when we can I think Austin's going to spend a lot of time down there and we're going to see if we can make it happen if we can, it's awesome
0: How do you plan on expanding into that? Like, just kind of the same way you did here, just same run way. some ads it, it, and...
1: Honestly, we have a lot of clientele here in Pennsylvania that go vacations in Florida okay. so I, I have a lot of regulars like, hey to call, call me when you're down there. I want to fish. So, um, well, yeah,
0: that gets you that good like referral base to start. Yep. So we'll, huh. we'll
1: try to build on it from there. Uh, we do have the houseboat in Pittsburgh, and we're trying to work on. We want to offer lodging. You know, we do the bachelor parties <laughs> with two boats. Preston's catering the one boat um, yeah. for us. So we do some river cruise with uh for bachelor parties. And, you know, we can take up to twelve people at a time fishing. So it's it's been pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately you know, a lot of the marinas don't allow you to have people at their marina. So we're looking at leasing different property. We're looking at buying some property or potentially, uh, investing in a marina so we can, that's exciting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited about it because I think that'd be a cool, cool thing to start up.
0: Yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, any, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, yeah, I don't have any other questions or anything else that I think. Um, I'm sure there will be something to touch on, especially if you start expanding into that stuff. We'll probably yeah. just do a do it again. But um, where uh, where can all of the links will be below? But what are what are those places to find you? Um, uh, well, we're on website, Facebook, yeah.
1: Instagram, Nocturnal Addiction Bowfishing LLC. And our website, Nocturnal Addiction bowfish Fishing. I know it's super, super long, which i probably have to have you fix that. <laughs> but. We'll come up with
0: something. Um, yeah, all those links will be down below. Uh, any final words for you? No.
1: You know, if, if you're passionate about a business, you know, that's, I think that's a big thing. If I give anyone advice, mm-hmm. is just, you know, you just got to keep on keeping on.
0: That feels like pretty solid. Uh, yeah, that's pretty solid. Um, yeah, I mean, you just got to... If you think it's going to work, because you're gonna have, like, I mean, you're gonna have the people that say it's probably not a good idea. Yeah. and they might be right. They might be. But you're not gonna know until you'll you miss kinda,
1: every shot you don't take.
0: Yeah, keep the <laughs> cliches coming. All right, uh, that's another episode. Thanks for listening to Clearing the Way, uh, Jordan Miller, um, with Nocturnal Addiction, bow fishing. All of those links will be down below. Um, that's it. Thanks for Thanks. having me. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you're consuming this. I'm your host, Bradley Martin, and this is Clearing the Way, a resource for small business owners.